Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I always say, we've got a great show for you because every artist is great that we bring on. And today we have Sydney Shea. She's done some great things, and she's definitely rising up there. But Sydney, are you here? Yes. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing amazing. How are you? We're doing good. And Sandy, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're in different rooms. We're on the phone just like you, and we're kind of in different rooms. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you right now? How are you really feeling and getting through this whole virus thing right now? Honestly, it has been such a unique situation. Um, I feel like everyone is really handling it differently for me. Um, For the first half, I was finishing up my second semester of college um, at Belmont University. So I was kind of taking every day, one day at a time, and, you know, trying to focus on schoolwork. So that kind of kept me motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, I've Mm -hmm. been working on my um, new single. So I've been trying to just stay positive. And um, when I could, I actually ended up going back to work at Target um, here in Florida since I'm home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and yeah, in fact, we just um, took a weekend getaway down to Florida this past weekend. Oh, I love that. What, what part? Jacksonville. Oh, nice. That's on the other side, but so beautiful there. Yeah, because we, you know, we live in Savannah right now, so we always go to, we use, you know, before the coronavirus, it was like the, every, about tw- twice a month, we'd go down, shoot down to Jacksonville, mm-hmm. only two, two hours away. Sometimes we do day trips, sometimes a weekend type thing, but we go there two or three times a month, and we, we've got one of the biggest things we've been missing, that and church, of course, and then we fi- finally got one yeah. where things are opening up in Georgia, opening up in Florida, and we're like, let's take a ja- weekend getaway in Jacksonville. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we all enjoyed so it. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> and, and our 8-year-old loves it and and like we played we went to Dave and Buster's last night and he really enjoyed that. <laughs> yes, and our 14-month-old little girl enjoyed the beach. She was she was fascinated by the water. <laughs> but the 8-year-old you'll hear from later cuz he always likes to ask yeah. one question to every artist. So as we get started here, um, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. All right. Um, well, I'm Sydney Shea. Um, I am from a place called Deland, Florida. Um, it's <laughs> kind of in between Daytona Beach and Orlando. Um, okay. And I've been playing piano since I was, I think, six or seven. And ever since I started piano, it kind of fell into learning guitar. I taught myself how to play guitar, and as soon as I started that, I kind of became a really big fan of listening to all sorts of music. Um, I was a really big fan of Taylor Swift, and once I saw that someone like that could just, you know, pick up guitar and write a song, I was like, why can't I do it? So that's when I decided, I was like, you know what, that sounds like it would be so much fun, and then I started writing these, like, little little songs that shall never see daylight, but they were they were mm-hmm. really fun, and it was something I really enjoyed. So music has always been something that I could enjoy, regardless of if I had friends at the time. You know, music has always been that thing that was there for me. 
Um, and so I always held on to it. And as soon as I got to high school and I was thinking about, oh, what do I want to do? Music was always the mm-hmm. thing I wanted to do. So I was like, I want to be happy. So I'm going to yeah. go and, you know, chase music. So I just have always wanted to do music. And right now I'm just working towards, you know, putting out as much music as I can and just sharing the talent that I have with as many people as I can reach. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a very important thing that you said about the, about you want to chase, chase that passion because you've always loved it. I've got friends of mine who are, say, 10, 15 years in their career, and um, they're miserable. And you sit down with them mm-hmm. and you try to talk to them to see, see what's going on. And, they're, and you're like, you've you got this great lifestyle. You've got this great um, family. Um, you've got this awesome mm-hmm. career. And a lot of times, some of them will stop you and say that career is the problem. And you're like, how did it, you, you went to six years of college, four years of college, whatever it was, for that career, and you've been doing it for 15 years. How can that be the problem? They're, and and when they're honest with you, some of them will say, I've had some say, well, I this is not the career I really wanted. This was the career that everybody from my parents to my guidance counselor to my friends that I need to go to because that's where the money's at. So they chase the mm-hmm. money instead of the passion that they really had, and now they're miserable. Yeah, you're totally right. <clears throat> and that's so important, you know, cause it, you know, and I think parents need to understand that, that, yes, you can have a child become a doctor, and you can be proud, but deep down they can be miserable. Exactly, and you're never going to fight for something if you don't truly believe in it. You're not going to fight as hard if you mm-hmm. don't see yourself doing that, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. And see, we lost this kind of passion with this, the music thing, for a little while. We actually originally launched New Country Buzz back in 2014. Um, we ran it about a year, and then it got really difficult. Um, other issues came up, and we ended up shutting down in 2015, but it was like a hole in my heart then. Because once you've gone the music path, you kind of um, it's hard to get away from it. And by the end of 2018, I told Sandy, he's like, you know, I feel like we're supposed to relaunch this and see what happens and finish what we started. And she's like, let's do it. And then little did we know is going to do new country buzz. And then we ended up having the show. Mm-hmm. And now you're our 96 person that we interviewed since <laughs> January 3rd. Go fit. I mean, we never could have imagined that, but it was something yeah. that was so dug in me that I, we, I felt like we had the relaunch. Well, I am so glad to hear that y'all did that. That is so amazing to go after what you truly feel you know, God, whoever has placed on your heart, because nothing else is going to touch you like that. Like, that is such an amazing thing. Yeah, it's funny because we feel like God's leading us on kind of two different paths that are kind of one because, of course, we feel like, you know, we've been married 17 years. We still have part of our part of our calling is marriage ministry type stuff so we're still trying to figure out mm-hmm. okay where is he pulling all this together here <laughs> i guess we'll know down the road <laughs> right <laughs> we'll find out eventually <laughs> so at what age did you sit down where, where you were like i could make a career of this when was that decision made to where you wanted to for sure do this honestly i'm not sure I feel like it's almost one of those things that has just always been within me, and I never mm-hmm. assumed another option. Like, nothing, I don't believe anything ever really crossed my mind. As soon as I mm-hmm. wanted to do this, like, you know, as soon as I picked up guitar and I was singing songs at talent shows, 
it just felt right, and I never questioned yeah. it, you know, like, I, yeah. mm-hmm. I was like, you can get a degree in songwriting, <laughs> like, sign me up, like, that's what I'm going to do, I'm just going to go <laughs> chase that, so I feel like I was very young for what mm-hmm. I feel like most people figure out what they want to do, you know, mm-hmm. um, I would probably say, like, 12 or 13, I probably knew that this is what I really wanted. Yeah, and, you know, and I'm sure you've gotten where people and friends and friends and probably even family where you got to have, you've got to have that uh, backup plan. You always hear that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's funny because when, when you, when you um, listen to the big artists and the hosts are always taken aback at, at this answer, but almost every host, when they interview the big artists, they, one of the questions they always ask, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've ever not heard a bit uh, uh, host ask this question, but they've always asked if you weren't playing music, um, what what was your plan B? What what would you be doing today? And ninety percent of the answers have always been, "I'd just be a broke musician." <laughs> I didn't have a plan B, and, and they're always right. taking it back. You you didn't have a just in case, and and I love the answer. I forget who it was that gave it in this way. He said, "Just in case becomes your plan." Mhm. That is psychological fact. <laughs> And I think that's what pe- – and people who don't understand creative mindsets, they don't get that. Now, And when I say creative, that, that could be with an artist. That could be within business ownership. But anything to where you have to have a plan and a vision, people don't get that type of mentality because if you just work a regular job, anybody can do that day in and day out and then hopefully mm-hmm. retire in 40 years. But when you go above and beyond that, and you have this backup plan, and nothing against backup plans. I'm not. I don't want people to think I'm putting that down if someone has one. But right. it, like you said, it's a psychological fact that if you have a if you have a plan B, when the struggle comes, your plan B becomes plan A. Yeah, that that's very true. I feel like there's a balance between knowing your skills and talents, like and knowing mm-hmm. what you can logically do with that, and then yeah you know, knowing what you really want to do and going after that is definitely a good balance um, when you go into an industry like this, for sure. Exactly. So um, what drives you now to keep this thing going, to try to get to that point? There's so many things that keep me going with music. I think right now a big thing that pushes me to keep going with, with my career is I, you know, I work at Target, and when I'm home, mm. I'll work as much as I can to raise money to do mm. what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. what really pushes me right now, and this is so funny, is that I just don't want to be at a guest service desk my entire life. I'm yeah. so good at it, yeah. but that's not what I would, you know, like that pushes me, <laughs> and it reminds me yeah. that I have more. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I could do it, but I choose you know, I want to inspire. I want my life to be something more. I want it to be mm-hmm. more. I want to do more. Mm-hmm. And I know that mm-hmm. I can't do more by standing behind a desk and having someone yeah. tell me what to do all day. So I think that's what really pushes me because I, I know I can change lives and inspire. Mm-hmm. And and the sad part in society is that you have people that, that they feel like, well, that's good enough for me. It should be good enough for you. I'm sure you've had people probably at least come. They might not have said it in that way, but that's what they're meaning. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, just go to, like, a family gathering, like, you know. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, so what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. know. That's just like, you know, Sandy and I have been this 24-7 couple since for 17 years of marriage. People don't understand yeah. that. And, and, we, and, you know, we don't push that ideal of marriage on people. It, it really takes two special people to, to be a 24-7 type marriage. I mean, it really does. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and um. And so we don't push that idea, but you know we've always felt like a kind of an outcast through the years. You know, from even in even though we're hardcore, we go to church all the time. Um, we really we have a big belief in God and all that. But even in the Christian community, sometimes we feel like an outcast, and 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 it's, mm-hmm. they're like, well, where do we even fit in that? You know, <laughs> and and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe we're not supposed to fit in at all. <laughs> it, no, I totally understand that. I feel like some of the most amazing people feel like mm-hmm. they're outcasts because you know, you just sometimes it's just not meant to be. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so as you look back on your career so far. What are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, man. Honestly, <laughs> I think I think the most exciting thing so far has been doing this most recent single project for End of the Night. Oh, wow. um, mm-hmm. This project meant so much to me because I had never done anything like this before. I got to work mm. with so amazing musicians you know I Mm. that's what I love another thing I really just love about music is the fact that you get to collaborate that like I really enjoy walking into a room into a studio and saying what do you like this is my idea but what do you guys want to do like how can we work together because those ideas melded together is what makes magic and with this project Mm -hmm. fun fact is that it's actually started as a school project for mm-hmm. um, Dustin Painter, who is my producer. Um, he goes to MTSU, and he had, like, a recording project, and he needed mm-hmm. an artist. So that's where this all started. But mm-hmm. it ended up being this amazing collaborative thing. I mean, I just worked with the most amazing people, and I just left the recording session on the last mm-hmm. recording session just thinking to myself, like, I cannot believe, like, that that just happened, that I just got to spend (laughs) the most fun night ever with all these (laughs) musicians that are so talented, and it's just, it blows my mind that I got to work with them, and that is is the biggest honor to me right now. Mm -hmm. That is really awesome. Now, as you know, it's also tough within the music industry, and I think that's the part that outsiders who are looking in don't see. They see you as an artist. They see Blake, and they see Miranda. They see the artist, or they see someone trying to make it, and they make comments like, you know, an artist should get a real job and stupid stuff like that. <laughs> but I don't think they get, realize how many jobs an independent person really has, how difficult it is, how, how hard it is mentally, physically, and everything on you. And I always mm-hmm. like to go the other way and talk about that side of it some so that people can get the feel of what it really is like to try to chase this crazy dream you have. And where I want to go with this, I'll tell a story that leads us into where I want this to go. Back in 2014, <laughs> we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Still Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And I asked Allison, what 
advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, because once you either go full-time or if you have plans for it to be full-time or you, this is going to be your career, she goes, it, yes, it's passion, but it's also now your job. And mm-hmm. she goes, you could have a bad day today, the worst day. But tonight, if you've got a gig, you've got to get up there and smile and sing like you are having the best time of your life, even if you don't want to do it. It doesn't matter. She, she said that so many sacrifices, they have, to, they have to eat different. They have to sleep different. They, you know, the whole family, not just the artist, but the family has to make sacrifices for the artist to rise. She goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. Because that's the only way those type of sacrifices ever will be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. I think I think that she's very right in that when you have to view your hobby as your job, it definitely is a different viewpoint. And mm-hmm. that, you know, it's so easy to lose sight of the fact of how much you love it. Um I mean, as soon as I moved to Nashville to do this for real, um, mm-hmm. everyone was like, you know, you have to remember why you're doing it. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's, easy, it's easy to forget. Um, but I definitely think she's right that you definitely have to be all in. I wouldn't necessarily say that you don't have to. Like, I don't think your only thing has to be music. But I think yeah. that you definitely have to be that all-in type mentality to be able to give up exactly. certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, – and when she said that, I don't think she meant, like, you got to quit your job. And I think, you know, because she right. knows that yeah. most people have to have an income to before mm-hmm. they ever make it. I think what she's – like you said, it's a mentality thing that you have you – have, Basically, everything that you do outside of music has to be some type of guiding post that's still helping towards your that vision. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, like when people do side gigs and stuff, it's got to be something that's just there to make money so that you can stay afloat. Right. And I think that's where and, – and again, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough – way to go for an artist and I think a lot of people miss that boat that side of it exactly yeah so um, we're going to take a little quick break here and we're going to play your song already tired and hopefully we're not already tired (laughs) 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 Um, but we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back right after the song we'll come back and talk some more about the song Mm -hmm. and other stuff how's that sound Perfect. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry, the Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. 
The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. And here is Already Tried, Not Already Tired. My bad. Here it goes. good song there. Yes, great song. Thank you. Thank you. A little boo-boo there, but... (laughs) Oh, no, you're fine. I mean, I'm sitting there even made a joke around the boo-boo. I didn't even realize it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
And then, and then as, as I was listening to the other ad, I was like, oh, wait a minute. That was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, where is it, tell us the story behind that song. Uh, so funny enough, I wrote that song in like 15 minutes, like right oh, before. Wow. Yeah, like wow. right before I think it was – I had a talent show for my high school. It was a senior talent mm-hmm. show, and I I was sitting in my bedroom getting like ready, and I had already mm-hmm. gotten approved to be in the talent show. I just didn't know what I was going to sing yet. So I was like, mm-hmm. man, should I sing one of my own songs? I don't want to like be weird, you know. I don't want people to like, <laughs> like, what is this girl doing? So I was sitting out on my floor, and all of a sudden it just hit me. Like I, I just started singing the first line. I was like, you convinced me, and I was like, I started writing this song, and I was like, it kind of came from whatever I was going through. Like sometimes I, I draw in from like real life experience, but. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it, I just like to come up with a story. So I was just sitting there, and I literally wrote it in 15 minutes about, you know, I mean, I feel like this song could be taken so many different ways. Um, but yeah. it's really about just how, you know, you can try so hard. And I think I realized this in high school. You can try so hard mm-hmm. to make someone like you. You can try so hard to make someone understand you and really can't control what other people do. You know, that's out of your control, mm-hmm. and all you can do is be your best self. So really the song is kind of like, I'm I'm not going to mess with this anymore. Like, I'm not going to try and change other people. I, I already mm-hmm. tried. Like, you know, it's happening <laughs> now. So yeah. I was sitting there, and I just was 15 minutes, and bam, I sang mm-hmm. it the next night at the talent show, and got third <clears> place. <throat> it felt pretty cool. <laughs> and that's a really good point with relationships. You know, so many people – so you know what, I would like to date this person, and they start dating them, and they, like, find things mm-hmm. they want to change about them. And, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, why not find someone that matches who you want? Why, you know, exactly. like, 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 for instance, when Sin and I first met, I always felt like she was, like, um, God was telling me my wife was online. Cause we met back in 2002. Um, and it was taboo back then. You, you just didn't meet online right. back then unless you were crazy. <laughs> and And I remember – that uh, one of my criteria, and again, people thought I was narrow-minded here, uh, but one of my criteria was the, one of the questions I would ask is I'm going through different women trying to figure out if there's any connection because I really felt like I was supposed to meet the, there. One of my crazy questions was, granted, you had to be a Christian, of course. That was first and foremost. But outside of that, my deal-breaker was I would ask if, there, if it was possible would you consider a 24-7 marriage? And, of course, I got called all kinds of names over that. I called stupid. I got called uh, um, too idealistic. I got caught, said it would never happen. And then I chat with Sandy. And she says, if that were possible, that would be amazing. Even though I've, she, says, she says, I've never heard of anything like that. She goes, but if that was possible, that would be an amazing marriage. <laughs> and right. I knew that I would even if I did even if I couldn't pull off the twenty four seven thing, I always knew that I would want a marriage where we spent a lot of time together. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to bait and switch. I would like I would rather and and, and like in on the five love languages, anybody that does that is my mm-hmm. love language is quality time. Sandy's is quality time, which is unusual. 
it's almost impossible for both to have the same love language. But we do, and, yeah, it's, and I really believe mm-hmm. that it was because I went out and I knew what I wanted. I, I, I knew the kind of marriage I wanted to live. And I just went out to find somebody who wanted to live that kind of marriage too. Awesome. Yeah, that is honestly so right. That's the only way things really work out is if you make sure everyone understands because it's really about finding mm-hmm. someone that understands you, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly, because marriage is tough. Any, I mean, so many people are not on the same page. Marriage is mm-hmm. tough even if you're on the same page. So so you, you come into <laughs> marriage, and again, you know, we're writing a book called Broken Together about people who are broken as they get married. And um, we're writing – but a lot of people don't realize when they get married or when they're dating. It don't matter that when there's an argument. In most cases, that argument stems from past pain. They just don't know it. it has nothing to do with what they're arguing about. Wow. I mean, just think back of anybody you've dated in the past, you know, if you had arguments, you know, just think, you know, just not saying think about it now, but, you know, just, you know, as we get off of here and all that, just think about your past relationships, any arguments you ever had. Was it really over the circumstances or was it something you were still dealing with or they were still dealing with from their past? That's such an interesting idea. Wow. I would have never thought of that. (laughs) Well, that's why we're here. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll just be the marriage counselors of interviews too. You know. <laughs> so one thing I like to do on the show is when we um have um, you know, fans see you and they see other artists, but they never hear about the PR company people. They never hear about the producers. They never hear about the managers or any of that. It's almost like you do it all, even though as an independent, you pretty much do do it all. Um, but they never get no recognition. So what I'd always like to do on our show is allow the artists to tell about some of their team because we both know that without your team, you, you can't do and fulfill what you need to do without the team. So tell us a little bit yeah, about the team. Yeah, that is so you. true. Um, yeah, we truly can't do it without, you know, it's in the music industry in general – um, yeah. With my experience personally, it is always I couldn't have made it here today without the help of so many people that just want to show me how to do new things. So um, I definitely have a lot of people to mention. But um, for the work on Already Tried that we just listened to, um, that mm-hmm. was a dear friend of mine, Dallas Jack. He's a producer. Um, and I work with him a lot on all sorts of things, social media. Sometimes we talk about all sorts of things. Um, the producer for my um, next song, I mentioned him earlier. His name's Dustin Painter. Um, just magnificent to work with, and it was so amazing to create End of the Night with him. And um, I had the band um, – was Andrew Poe. He actually attends Belmont with me. He's an amazing guitarist. I literally don't understand how how he's so good. (laughs) um, We had Benjamin Warsaw on. He was playing bass for End of the Night. Um, We had Brandon Salwesky. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his last name, but he was killing the drums. Oh, my goodness. Like, it was so amazing to watch them do what they do. But I really Mm. ultimately wouldn't have my next song without my co-writer, Trey Strange. Um, Mm. He is a dear friend of mine that also goes to Belmont. Um, He actually studies songwriting. Um, 
and he's one of my dear friends. We sat down and wrote the song in like an hour or something. And Mm -hmm. I genuinely couldn't have done that without them. Um, Those were all the people involved in this song. Uh, As far as a lot of things I do, I post a lot of pictures. I'm, I'm really into Instagram. um, Mm -hmm. And I have amazing photographers in my life that just love (laughs) to help me out and to make me look good, which is so nice of them. Um, (laughs) I, my friend, Catherine Bansell does amazing work for me. Catherine Hennessy is um, the girl that did the artwork for my new single, End of the Night. Um, Mm -hmm. I've worked with a girl named Claire Begala. Um, She did the Already Tried cover photo. And um, my best friend, um, Samantha Mackey, she goes to SCAD, and she actually lives in Savannah now, which is really cool. so those are all of my amazing people. And then, of course, um, Heart Song Records and Jill Pavel have been a great deal of help. I'm distributing through them. Um, and my PR um, manager, Trevor Perkins, has just been such a great, great connection and dear friend throughout this whole process, um, mm-hmm. kind of helping me learn more about PR and everything. So those are some of the just amazing people that have really helped me through my music career so far. And I'm sure there's tons of people I could sit here name and name all day. Everyone has been such a great help. And it's truly amazing how sweet people are in Nashville. You know, there's always going to be, you know, people that don't have good intentions, but I have been so lucky to work with the people I've worked with. And, you know, Nashville really showed up. Now, granted, before the tornadoes happened, tornadoes really showed me what Nashville was really about, the community. Mm-hmm. But I remember before the um, tornadoes happened, I posted out, and this is something small. Some people would say it's really small, but to me, this is really big, even though it's small. <laughs> but I remember I reached out on Facebook, and, and I was really looking for someone local here in Savannah. And I asked if anybody had like a podcast mic they, you know, they could get rid of for us, um, extra one laying around or something. And really for Savannah. And I had a friend of mine from Nashville private message me and say, I've got one and I'll meet, mail it to you. What's your address? Wow. That showed me <clears throat> what Nashville's really. And see, we're planning on eventually moving to Nashville next year. So, you know, that, like this, that, that kind of, to be honest, we already thought about it before that, but that kind of sealed the deal because I just, I just knew we're supposed to be there. Yeah. Y'all are going to love it. It's such a beautiful place. And we haven't visited yet. Wait, really? <laughs> We're planning on a trip in September. But yeah, and it's funny because yeah. I've got friends that said, well, how, what if y'all don't like it? I'm like, well, Sandy and I <laughs> met on February 2nd of 02. We talked on the phone for the first time February 4th. We set a wedding date, March, I mean, April, February 18th, and we met in mm-hmm. person March 4th. So we set a wedding date before we ever met in person. So we're just doing it again. We're moving yeah. before we. <laughs> so all we're doing is repeating how we met. You know, we've we've never been yeah. to Nashville yet, but we know we're supposed to be there. Oh, I love that. That's that's great. <laughs> so I usually do this at the very beginning, and you know, sometimes when you start talking about the COVID, I get off track a little bit. But I'll add these two things yep. in now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music, too? 
Ooh, um, I love, since I live in Florida, um, I love mm-hmm. going to the beach and um, I love fishing. That's, I find a lot of fun in that. Um, I have taken up, um, uh, I love to go thrift shopping. I don't know if that counts as a hobby, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really enjoy that. But um, another thing I really enjoy, like, just researching about and learning more about is, like, mm-hmm. astrology and, like, um, how people interact with each other. Um, that's something I really love. Um, but honestly, I I just love hanging out with people and meeting new people. Anything that lets me do that, like, I'm so down. Like, I love coffee shops. That's a big thing for me. Um, oh, my gosh, I couldn't live without coffee. I, <laughs> I genuinely just love it so much. I don't know if y'all are, like, coffee people or not. But I am. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I, Sandy's yeah. not, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's bad is I've had yeah. to um, go without coffee for a little bit. I end up with these canker sores on the inside of my throat, and and coffee's one of the worst things you could drink while you got those because acidity. So mm, so it's been driving me nuts that I haven't been able to drink coffee. And and I still did, even though we, we when we went out of town, yet they did country in the sweets and they had coffee there. And, I was like, the heck with it. I still, I drink some of their coffee. (laughs) 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 So, what's something quirky about you? Ooh, quirky, let's see. Some of these are so interesting because I never think about this stuff. I I think something quirky probably, um, I drive a 2008 PT Cruiser, and she's Mm -hmm. like, really cool but she stresses me out sometimes because she's old she's got like 200,000 miles on her I think that's kind of quirky <laughs> well, we, we, we drive a 96 yeah. forerunner um and it's, it's got 175,000 miles but I don't want a car payment <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I that. <laughs> we love it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I feel like, you know, it's got some issues that we probably could work on this year. I'm like, well, we could mm-hmm. probably put about two or three more thousand dollars into it, and we could probably get another hundred thousand out of it. Oh, <laughs> there that, you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love cars. though, because um, my dad actually owns a car audio store here oh, wow. um, in the land where I live. So I've always been around like speakers and radios and stuff. So that, I was one um, of those crazy people that had four twelves in the bed of his truck when I was eighteen. People, <laughs> people used to get so mad at me because I'd drive by at two a.m. in the morning and knock their pictures off the walls. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now a lot of people that know me in this day and time would never know that I was one of those people. <laughs> but uh, but I was one that was big into the I was into the into the hip hop and all that. The, MC Hammer, yes, Vanilla Ice. (laughs) (laughs) All that back in the day. (laughs) Anything that with bass, and and I remember, and I've always liked country, but I I was kind of a closet country person because all my friends liked rap and hip-hop and all that. And so he couldn't say, uh, but when I would be by myself, I would, Turn on country station and crank it up in that, with the four trucks. Like, oh, country's got bass. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> but I mean, I, I've had vehicles to where the vehicle was probably worth five hundred dollars, and the stereo system was worth three thousand. Oh yeah, they they get up there. It's kind of it's <laughs> But yeah, so when you said car audio, they oh, that is really cool because that I was and see I still I would you know we're the we inherited this SUV, so of course we're never going to get rid of it, even when we get a new car. And mm-hmm. stuff. Right. So, I, so my my thought is when we get newer vehicles down the road, then maybe because uh, little Chris is eight now, maybe when he's a little older, me and him can turn this into a show vehicle, a show SUV. Oh yeah, God, yeah. That would be such a cool project. And with you know, and father and son thing doing, you know, I think that'd be a really cool thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And since we're talking about Low Chris, perfect time to bring him on. We always let him ask one question to each of the artists. <laughs> Our <laughs> third team member, as we say. <laughs> so we, we, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and, and, and when Caitlin gets old enough, we'll be plugging her into the show. Oh, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's going outside to where his mummy is to get on that phone. All right. Here he is. <laughs> Hi, Sydney. What's your favorite food? Hi, Chris. My favorite food. Hmm. I actually ate it today. I love tacos. Tacos are my favorite food. I got to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and what's yours, though, Chris? Pizza. Ooh, what kind, though? A pepperoni. Yeah, loves- that's, that's it yeah, he- right there. Okay, bye. <laughs> he comes and goes. <laughs> <laughs> He's quick. But he he gets up he would get he gets upset if he don't. There have been a few times where the shows had to be cut short uh-huh. on their end for some reason, and he's gotten upset like, "Well, I didn't get to ask my question." <laughs> oh yes, he loves it so much. <laughs> so, what does your family think about what's all going on with you? Well, my family has always been really supportive and that they've never really said anything negative about no. me doing well, music good. and going after what I want to do, which is a real blessing considering yeah. I've known people are at my school, you know, and we'll talk about mm. our family and they're like, yeah, they don't, they don't want me to be here. They don't <clears throat> want me to do business or whatever it is. So they, mm-hmm. they think it's really cool as long as, as long as they see me working and I, when yeah. I want to do something, I never give up. So, honestly, yeah. they're just so proud of everything that I do. That is really awesome. Oh, that's great. So, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Whoa. Okay. Going in for the hard ones now, I see. Um, <laughs> one person. I build up. <laughs> I really think that I have to choose, like, out of obligation, I feel like I have to choose Taylor Swift just because I want to know. Like, I want to know what it would be like to write a a love song with her because she's just, like, queen of love songs and breakup songs. Like, I just want to know. You know, like, what what would Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. and I create? That's what I want to (laughs) know. So so if Taylor was in front of you right now, what would be your first question to, to her? I think... I think I would ask her. I would ask her what's next. Oh, I think I would ask her like, yeah, you know, because like right now she's going through this different phase of like albums and stuff and switching labels. I think I would ask her like, what's next business wise for her? 
You would think, you know, you would think instead of switching labels, that why didn't she just start her own? <laughs> my, I mean, honestly, yeah. my family asked me that. Um, <clears throat> but from like a business side, like me thinking about it from a business side, mm-hmm. if she doesn't, like, I was thinking the same thing. Like, maybe she just doesn't feel like managing that maybe right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, most people who have that the kind of money she has don't manage it. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, they put the money in there, they hire the right people, but right. their name is on there. Maybe that scares her. It might, yeah. That, Maybe, that, that would yeah. Be, that'd be a crazy one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But since we're still talking about songwriting here, what's one of your songs that's one of the most meaningful to you and why? Ooh, that you've written? I think... As of right now, the song that means the most to me is End of the Night. Um, I don't know what y'all have seen or heard about the song, but mm-hmm. the song is kind of about how, you know, you can be in a relationship and all of a sudden you think everything's fine, but it's, you know, it's not. And you have to mm-hmm. tell everyone, like, we say we're fine, but we're not. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it really means mm-hmm. a lot to me because not only is it, probably the most truthful from the mm-hmm. heart song I've written, like most true. Um, but it's also something that I got to work on with my friend Trey. And it was just mm-hmm. really amazing to like put two hearts together and put as much as we could into the song. And I think mm-hmm. I feel it more when I sing it, you know? Yeah. And the sad part is mm-hmm. that's probably true, true for at least 50% of the marriages out there. Yeah, because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, with what we're trying to do on the marriage side stuff, when you start talking to people, you start realizing they just no longer have that passion that they had when they first married. You know, I can't. You know, when, when I married Sandy, I always, you know, I never told her, yeah, I want to have an average marriage. I told her I want to have an extraordinary marriage. It takes work, and I think the work side is where a lot of people miss because it takes a lot of work to to get there or to stay there. It's easy, it's easy the first couple of years because you've got, you're nothing but passion. But to get mm-hmm. beyond that yeah, phase, because, you know, a lot of these gurus will, t- will say, well, well, the passion is going to fade. There's just no way around it. No, it don't have to. <laughs> We're proof of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it takes work. And, but, yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds like a really cool song. I'm, I'm glad people are, that, that are writing songs like that because I think, we we right now in America we really need songs that can wake people up and it sounds like that would be one that would really do that. Yeah, that would be the best thing to come out of the song. Honestly, I just if even one person can listen to it and be like, "Wow, like that really hit a part of me that nothing else mm-hmm. has yet." You know, that that's amazing. Yeah. That's the best gift of this this career. Yeah. So, but ask a question, and I'm all. I have a certain reason why I ask it in this way, and then I will explain why right after I ask the question. But if you had a magic wand, and what you're about to say would 100% come true, <clears throat> where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it this way, I want the artist to think for a moment, not just give the humble answer. Because you know, a lot of artists, they, they want to be humble. <clears throat> they can't talk about the five-year dream because then they're not humble, you know, because that's what people, that's what society thinks. And second reason I ask it in this way is February, this past February made five years that we asked the exact same question to Kelsey Ballerini before everybody else knew who she was pretty much. 
and her exact answer to us back then of how she wanted the five years to be is exactly what she's living right now. So we've watched it with our own eyes. Someone tell us one thing, five years later they're living it. So I, I say it in that way, and I tell that story because I want artists to realize a lot can happen in five years. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know. So where would you be in five years? I in five years, and I'll phrase mine like this: In mm-hmm. five years, I will. This will happen. Mm-hmm. I will. Mm-hmm. I will be living in Nashville. I will have a degree from Belmont University mm-hmm. in music business or whatever I decide fits. Yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. will have a record label. And hopefully I will be working on something very magical and inspiring and amazing that I can share with even more people than I have the mm-hmm. ability to now. That's really, I love that. I love the idea. Oh, yes, that's, love the answer. Because, mm-hmm. again, I, I'm one of them believers that you get what you speak. So I love mm-hmm. the, I will. <laughs> yeah. Now, if, <laughs> let's say you had a friend and you heard them sing, and let's say that they have a great tone, they sound good, and they have something special. You can just tell there is something special about that person. Let's say, and this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. So <laughs> let's say that they get on stage, and they've been on stage maybe 10, 20 shows, so they really just get in their feet wet, or, but, but they've gotten on that stage, and they got what every artist says. They've got that stage bug. They look over the audience, the audience is cheering, and they just know deep down this is what they're supposed to do. And they come to you and they say, Sydney, I, I got that stage bug. I feel like I am supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would tell them that they should definitely go after it and that they shouldn't wait. I would say – um, that it's really good to not plan out everything you do, but I think that yeah. it's useful in music mm-hmm. to have an idea of where you're going. So I think I would suggest to them, you know, what are you going to value as an artist? You know, mm-hmm. like look at what you want to mm-hmm. be and where you want to go. And that will help them, you know, figure out what they need to work on, what they need to do. You know, if mm-hmm. they love the stage, where do you want to play? What, you know, I would definitely guide them through on how to make kind of like a little mini roadmap of their, mm-hmm. what would make them feel successful and what would be valuable to them. Um, and I would tell them that they need to believe in themselves more than anyone else will, and then they'll be successful. That's really awesome. So as we get to the last question and start to end the show here, what question <clears throat> Do you, do you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Um, that's a really interesting one. Actually, that yeah, question well, kind of builds it. Because <clears throat> we've actually built our show around this one question. It, like, like the quirky one, we actually, I guess about 50 shows ago, we had someone ask um, on this particular, oh, I just wish people would ask me what's quirky about me. And I say, oh, I like that one. <laughs> That's oh, yes, we've gotten there. some of the best answers to that question. <laughs> it's fun. I definitely think more of those, like, really random ones that kind of, like, catch you off guard. Like, yeah, like, what's quirky mm-hmm. about you? Like, that? That's really yeah. um, interesting. Oh, what about, what about if you ask, like, 
what your favorite shoes to wear on stage are? Because that question, just talking mm-hmm. from artist to artist with my friends, is a really interesting <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's cool. <laughs> so as we end this here, um, tell everybody how they can reach you. Okay. Um, anyone can reach me by my Instagram or my Facebook, and both of those um, are under Sydney Shea. Um, my Instagram is Sydney Shea Harp, because that's my actual last name, um, <laughs> Sydney Shea Harp. And then my Facebook is um, Sydney Shea, um, and I also have a website, it's Um And anyone that messages me, I always try and reply. So, yeah. And we really loved having you on the show today, and we look forward to bringing you back down the road. Yes. No, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. We're glad because we we want people to feel like when they get off our show, they feel like they just made new friends. That's how we want the show to be. Absolutely, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. I have, like (laughs) – We want it to be a conversation. Great. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And we're moving and we're moving to Nashville next year, so yeah. we are. But we always wanted our show to be a conversation, a dialogue between several people. You know, I could ask questions and you answered and I asked que- if I had to just do that, I would quit the show. I don't I'm a conversationalist. I like I like to hear your stories, I like to tell stories. And I, I like it to be a full-fledged conversation like two people would actually have. Absolutely. But we enjoy it. Like I said, we enjoy it, and we look forward to down the road to bringing you back. And we will talk to you real soon. All right. Talk to you all <laughs> soon. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed today's show. Um, be sure to look her up. She's really awesome. She's going places. and. As always, tomorrow, we have another show coming at you.